Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Please make welcome with me today, Mrs. Ruth Esume. She's the founder of Ruth's Marriage, a marriage coaching and counseling company. And we are honored to have her for DGC 2023. You are welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Pastor Falake Daniels. Thank you for the honor to have me here. I'm excited to be here. And thank you, everyone. Um, thank you to the team that reached out to us. Thank you so much. Before we begin, um, I want us to just pray just for one minute in the spirit. Just in the spirit. Let's just pray in the spirit because I feel like um, for a while now, God has been speaking to me about wives. So when she reached out to me and said she wants me to speak to wives, um, I know that it's a confirmation because I've been getting a lot of that invite recently. So, Spirit of the living God, we thank you for what you are set to do. Spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. Lebrosha katalabosi yakadarabasha. Makasoto libra shatahande lebrosita haya dabosi katalayadabasha taha. Lekere edebosi adabashande lebrosa katalabosa. Eke lebrosita hande legedianda dabasha katalabrosita haya. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Before I start, um, I want to say thank you to my husband also. Um, he dressed me <laughs> today. <laughs> I said, I don't like this outfit, babe. I feel like it's too huggy. And he said he likes it, so I wore it. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to him. Thank you, husband, wherever you are. If you end up watching this, I love you so much. So today, I'm going to be speaking um, to wives. Before I start, how many people are married? I want to know the demographics of, so that I know how to. Okay, so we have quite more married people than single people. So, but I'm still going to touch on singles. And um, I'm going to start by saying that 
Being a married person, being a wife is an assignment. It's an assignment. It's not just something that we just get into. Just the same way being a career woman, being a wife is not lesser. In fact, it's the first assignment that you have as a woman. Because the first encounter that Eve had was when God says, I will make a helper. That was the first job description for the wife. So most of the time when I talk to wives, um, we sort of put being a wife at the back burner and put our career, our businesses, and all those other things in front. And that's because the society has made it to look like, you know, we've had so much of bad news about being a wife. Oh, you know what's in being a wife? Um, you need to pursue your career. You need to do all of that. You need to, you know, become the best in your business and all that. And it sort of tempers down being a wife. But today, I want to let you see, let you understand that one of the first roles that pushes you into all of those things is actually being a woman, being a helper if you're a married person. So as a single person, just like Mrs. Aoshika said, one of the things that you must pay attention to is who you marry. Because it determines whether you will fulfill that purpose or that passion you have or not. So let's look at the scripture. I'm just going to read a popular scripture that we all know. Um, Genesis 2.18, when the Lord says, I will make a helper for the woman. Now, what does it mean to be a helper? If you're a helper, it means that you have capacity. If you're a helper, it means that you're probably even more suited than the person you are helping. Because if I need help to lift this table, it means that I can't lift it myself. I need someone to help me. So the first thing I want you to know as a woman is that you are not weak. You are strong. God has deposited so much in you. He's put the power in you to transform, to change, to make things happen. However, you know that you can be a helper and you don't even know how much power that you have. So when the topic I was given was roles of a wife, so I'm going to twist it a little because when we say roles, it feels like a chore. It feels like women have to do this. So I'm going to say the power of a wife. There's a lot of power that a wife has and how to use that power. One of the things I do in my job is to help people to enjoy their marriage because you can enjoy your marriage. Marriage is not something to endure. It's something to enjoy. But we must understand how we can position ourselves as wives so that we can be in that place where we can enjoy that assignment that God has given us. The same way you are a caterer, you feel like God has called you into the catering business or God has called you into uh, the banking industry and you do that job passionately, you're enjoying it. It's the same way you can enjoy your role as a wife. But you need to first of all understand that there is power 
in being a wife. And one of the powers that you have in being a wife is knowing how to do your assignments as the helper. I have power, but I can misuse it. So it's not everyone that has power that's using it appropriately. Just like the government, we... <laughs> okay, let me not go there. <laughs> we have power, but we can misuse it. So what we're going to be learning today is how do I use the power that I have to enjoy this assignment of being a married person that God has given me. And as a single person, you're also preparing yourself, I believe, if you want to get married in future, you're preparing yourself for that time because the best time to prepare yourself is actually before you get married. So the first thing is you must understand that for you to help, you must be okay. You can't help me if you're not okay. If you're angry, bitter, sad, resentful, frustrated, overwhelmed, you cannot help. So for you to function in that place of your assignment, you must be okay by yourself. You must be secure in who you are. You must recognize what is inside of you, what is driving you. You must have your own capacity in God. And I'll be sharing some of my story. When I got married, the first year I moved out twice. <laughs> I said I wasn't doing it again. I had this small bag, and <laughs> I remember the first time I said, no this, no, this is not working. This isn't working. And then I left. And the first time I remember my husband called, you know, first time now, he called and was begging me. The second time he didn't call me. <laughs> I said, ah, this man is growing wings. <laughs> And I remember, actually, a third time, but the third time I didn't go. I had packed my bags. I didn't go because he said, if you go, you're not coming back. So I just quietly went back into the room. <laughs> and the first year seemed like turmoil. It seemed like turmoil. Now, I've been married 11 years, and I feel like I'm on honeymoon. So something changed. One of the first things the Lord told me was, you cannot help if you are not okay. So it starts from you. So we must recognize that being a helper starts from who is my anchor. What, am I, what is my anchor? As a woman, your anchor is God. It's not your husband. So if you put your anchor on your husband, you will be frustrated because your husband is human. He's imperfect, just like you are. It starts from being secure in who you are. Knowing yourself, knowing that you have a goal, you have a, a vision, you have an assignment regardless of your husband. When God was speaking to the woman, he was speaking directly to the woman. 
And when he speaks to the husband, he speaks directly to the husband. So you must be okay financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Because as the helper, the Lord did not specify which area for you to help. So it means that your help might be needed in any area. It might be emotionally. It might be mentally. It might be in the kitchen. It might be in the bedroom. It might be spiritually. So you see how powerful a woman is. So you are powerful. You're not weak. You're not what the society has said, oh, it's just a woman. You know, women, they're on the receiving end. You have to, you better, uh, you better do this because you're a woman. No, that's not it. A woman is actually even more powerful than a man. Because God made the man and he looked at him and said, it's not good. I need something that is better. To make things better. So build yourself up in God. That's the first way to be able to help. Stop focusing on your husband. If you focus on man, you will fail. No matter how amazing the man is. Build yourself up in God. Know who you are. Who are you outside of your married life? Who are you? Most of the time when I talk to singles, um, they are going with the expectations that, oh, when I marry, my husband has to be this. He has to do this. I hear that a lot from my singles, and <laughs> I think they know me. <laughs> no. You're, you're, you're going into the marriage to give, not to get. So the mindset must change because you're going to be a helper. As a helper, you are going to do something. I hate Excel. If I have to do Excel, I call someone that knows Excel. At that point, I have to submit to that person because I don't know it. So it means that as you, the helper, you have something that you are going to put in the marriage. So you must be coming from the place of, I am coming with so much power. I am coming with so much authority. I am coming with so much stability into the marriage. The second way, so the first I said is, it starts from you. Build capacity, build your strength in God. Build your strength in the place of prayer. God is your Lord, not your husband. Don't put your strength in man. Now, I'm not saying that we should not be. I'm going to get there. So the second thing is that you're coming to be a companion. That's one of the powers you have as a wife. Be your husband's companion. Be his companion. Companionship. We can use friendship for another word to say companionship. Be his friend. A lot of wives are no longer their husband's friends. They are now mommies. <laughs> being mommy is great, but being mommy is useful for the children, not for the husband. So you must be his friend. Laugh with him. Play with him. Sit on his legs. When last have you done that? Sit on your husband's legs. 
And it's not for new wives. <laughs> I still sat on my husband's legs yesterday. Be his companion. The man, we must remember that when God made the man, he put him in the um, garden. And one of the things that God asked him to do was to walk. That's why right now, a lot of a man's life is tied to his walk. So I tell women that if you want to find a man's trouble, attack his job, attack his walk. Tell him not to walk, complain about his walk. Because the man was designed to want to take responsibility for his family. So he would walk. So because of that, he finds his resting place in that place of companionship. And that's why God, part of why God brought the woman. Another translation calls it a suitable companion. Someone that he can gist with. So when he's at work and he's coming home and he has to face another work, which is you. <laughs> Marriage is not that hard. That's what I tell people. In the beginning, I thought it was hard because I was looking at my husband. Now, marriage is easy if we just know how to use the power. And the women have the power. I tell women, there's nothing I cannot tell my husband I will not do. I just know how to be able to do it. Marriage is not hard. Be his companion. Play games with him. Don't complain when he's playing game. Those YouTube videos he likes to watch, watch it. That's what I do with my husband. I sit on his leg and we watch it together. It is easy for a man to listen to you when he sees you as a friend than as an enemy. That's why men hang out with boys. It's because in that place, they are not judged. The boys don't complain. They just play. They are themselves. My husband doesn't hang out with boys. He hangs out with me. Because when I'm with him, I'm like his friend. We run around in the house. Our, our children are... Literally tired of us. <laughs> and that's what the man wants. And that is how I get everything I want. So the first thing your man needs is acceptance. You must accept him. A lot of women do not accept their husbands because they want him to change. They have a particular kind of husband they expect him to be. Oh, you need to be praying more. You need to be taking care of the children more. Yes, but it's not your job to fix him. It's your job to accept him. In the place of acceptance is where he fits into that role. When God says the woman should submit, submission is not a bad thing. It's his power. That's the language a man understands. Of course, I'm not saying you should submit if he's beating you. I think we, we all know that. If he's beating you, please report to Pastor Falaki and carry your bag. Submission is power that you have. You know that it's easy for us to obey the scriptures. We, and the truth is we submit. You submit every day. You submit to your pastors. You submit to your boss. You submit to your teachers. You submit even to the precedents that you don't see. They say you should sit at home. You sit at home. But when it comes to your husband, 
you think submission is bad. You know why the relationship with you and your pastor is great? It's because you submit to him. So if you give that same submission to that man, you will start to see the results. So the Lord doesn't tell us to do something that is not beneficial for us. So I want us to see submission from a place of what is good for me, not a place of what is required of me to just do. It is not a duty. It is power that you have. That's the way you relate to a man. The same way the Bible talks to husbands and says, husbands, love your wives. That's how you get, if your husband loves you, won't you be happy? So God is saying, okay, this is what the man should do. This is what the wife should do. Because if you do this, he's happy. If he loves you, you are happy. But I know what some of us are thinking. If he doesn't love me, I'm not going to submit. But you know that your marriage is an assignment. So you can't do it from the place of flesh. You can't say, if he doesn't do this, I am not going to do this. Even the Bible says, bless your enemies. Pray for those who curse you. And I know, well, I know he's not cursing you, but I mean, that's the extreme the Bible is saying. So in the place of your submission, you're not doing it for your husband. It is in obedience to God. So when you have a problem with submitting, what it simply means is that you have a problem obeying God. Because it wasn't your husband that gave you that instruction. We look at it thinking that our husband gave, gave us the instruction. It was God. The same way God says you should give offerings. Every other scripture in the Bible is inspired by God. So if he tells you, this is the secret to that, just submit. And how do you submit? You accept the person. That's how you submit. You accept him. Not trying to change him. When wives come to me in counseling, um, usually they come expecting me to tell them, Yes, go and show him. How can he do, say that to you? <laughs> but the truth is that you cannot change your husband, just in case you are still trying to change him. You can't change him. It's the Holy Spirit that can change him. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit will change him is when he sees your obedience. After your own obedience is complete. That's what happened for me. So I'm not even preaching. It happens. I've seen it happen to many couples I counsel. Lots of testimonies, feedbacks. He talks to me anyhow. You talk like a queen because that's what you are. So if he says you are crazy, you too, you are crazy. And you want him to change. You are the same. So the power that you have is in being submissive. You know, I said the first is that being the kind of person that is secure in God and in your assignments. The second is being his companion, being his friend, playing with him, just friendship. We play with our girlfriends. We don't play with our husbands. When you're at home, you're always frowning. 
remember one day then, those days, my husband said, why are you frowning? What happened? <laughs> I didn't know I used to frown. <laughs> and most of the time, the reason why you are like that is because you have a picture of a husband that you want. And he's not fitting that picture, so you are angry. You are angry at the man for being himself. Because you have seen someone's husband send them flowers. Stop wishing for another person's husband. Use what you have. Some of those Instagram videos can... <laughs> I'm part of them. I apologize. <laughs> but the honest truth is that sometimes I look at some other people and say, oh, you know, their husband bought them a car on their anniversary. My own husband just sent me a nice text. You know, I should be angry. No. That's why it starts from being secure in yourself. Your happiness is not on your spouse. It comes from God. Your spouse's own is just an addition. So use that power positively. My husband doesn't, he's not romantic. Are you romantic? Because, you know, it's easy to see what our husbands are not doing. We forget that they are human, just like us. The guy, too, is learning the way you are learning. My husband was not romantic. I'm sure if my husband hears this message, he'd be like... <laughs> he lived... There are six boys. So there's no romance anywhere. He didn't live with girls. <laughs> In fact, his mom has a low cut. You imagine raising six boys. You have to be like a boy. <laughs> he wasn't romantic. In fact, I remember the first year when I cried. He said, why are you crying? <laughs> like, why are you crying? I was expecting him to pet me and say, oh, you know. <laughs> but now he is romantic. In fact, it's too much. So your husband can change. But if you are trying to change him, he will not change. The way to change him is to accept him. Accept him where he is at. Use the power of your words. Encourage him. Don't talk to him based on where he is. Talk to him based on where you want him to be. Oh, my sweet romantic husband. You know he's not romantical. His head will be swelling. That's how I changed my husband. You must become that woman first before you try to make him become. So most of us are trying to make him become. When we ourselves, our obedience is not complete. You are still yelling when you are angry. You are still keeping bitterness and resentment in your heart. You are still shouting. You are still denying him food. You are still denying him sex. And then you want him to be an amazing husband. That's witchcraft. 
you must become in your words, in your character. That's why First Peter, that scripture, says that even if you are with an unbelieving husband, you can win him over with your character. That's what the Bible is saying. It's not in your telling him. He knows. So allow him to lead in, let him even fail. You know, women, we're nurturers. That's how God made us. And that's why we're good with children. We're nurturers, you know, we want to make everyone better. Actually, that's what God called us to be. But we, we don't really understand how that comes into place in the place of a man. The first way, to, so we, we're dealing with our husbands like our children. That's one thing I see with, with wives. You want to train him. You want to tell him what to do. You want to teach him. You want to help him apply for jobs because you think he's better than that. And the man is frustrated. Or is it working for you guys? Because it didn't work for me. But accept him. Use the power of your words. Tell him I'm proud of you. I love you. I know you will do well. In fact, you see... This Gary we are drinking. I'm enjoying it too. I'm enjoying <laughs> And then when you do that, the man feels the need to step up in his leadership. Because the truth is, no matter how terrible you think your husband is, he also wants the marriage to work. I've not seen anyone come to me and say, I don't want my marriage to work. When the men come, they are broken. They also want it to work. So, use the power of your words. Better to live on top of the roof than a nagging wife. That's what the scripture says. I don't nag. If I've told you once and you're not doing it, I leave it. Because nagging doesn't work. It makes the man want to stay away from you. Now, I'm not saying your husband is perfect. If I'm speaking to men, I'm speaking in another dimension. But I'm speaking to women. So the dimension is let your own obedience be complete. Let you be the woman that speaks respectfully. Be the woman that is classy. Be the woman that is happy in the house. You say it's not happy, but you too, you are not happy. You are frowning. A smile works wonders. He comes back from work. Hey, honey, how was your day? But you say, the children didn't finish their homework. There's no more gas. <laughs> Nobody wants to come to that kind of environment. Even you. You want to go to a place where you are accepted, where you are loved. So use the power of your words. Use your words. Even when he is not that person yet. Because I know this is the challenge that we have. We are saying, why should I say you are an amazing husband when he is not amazing? But unfortunately, that is what you should say. Because you call those things that are not as though they were. 
when you start to call him amazing, he wants to live up to amazing. It's like you're sowing a seed. When you say you're so romantic, I love the way you love me. Guess what? In the next two weeks, he's going to ask you, what can I do? Because he feels accepted. So if you're here, you've not been accepting your husband. I want you to accept him. Have a mind shift that this is the man I have married. Accept him. Don't wish for another. Don't wish for Pastor Falakes, Daniel's husband. <laughs> love your husband the way that he understands love. And the way that a man understands love is submission. The next thing is to use the power of your sexuality. I know this is one we don't really talk about in church, but it's so crucial. I did a survey recently, and I said, out of a list of things, um, the men should seek what is most important to them in marriage. The first was peace, and the second was sex. Peace of mind. Are you a peacemaker? Are you a peace giver in the house? A meek and gentle spirit, or you are quarrelsome. That same scripture says better to live on top of a roof than a quarrelsome wife. There will always be something to be angry about. That's the truth. You'll be angry that he put his socks here. You'll be angry that, oh, he didn't call the children. When you told him to get up, he didn't get up on time. And you are angry. But you must choose your battles. If you are becoming a problem, it's a problem. If he looks at you and he looks at you and remembers another problem, <laughs> he's not going to want to come home. My husband doesn't stay at work. Well, when he was his organa, when he was, he doesn't stay at work late. He wants to come to his wife. But a lot of his colleagues wait in the office till 10. He was telling me that one day he asked one of his colleagues, and that one said, oh, that woman, her problem is too much. So there will be things that would want you to be quarrelsome. Because the way that we women are, we're called to nurture. So if you're looking at a particular area and you think, oh, he's not exercising, he's not doing this, he's not doing that, you're expecting him to do that, you will want to pick a fight. But remember that picking a fight does not work. It doesn't. So why are you doing the exact same thing? You can communicate. I'm not saying you should tolerate everything. You can communicate in nice ways. A simple communication tool that I give couples is that when you're talking to a man, don't say you need to. Say, I would like. You need to be praying more. Are you is as far? Who are you? <laughs> He's going to look at you like, or has it worked for you? Oh, honey, I would like us to pray more. You know, when we pray, I feel really connected. Positive. You don't spend time with me. That's negative. I miss you. I'd like us to spend time together. What do you think about date night on Friday? Which one sounds better? You, you will not call somebody.
I know it has been there. <laughs> Instead, I missed your call. I missed talking to you. He's going to stay on the phone and talk to you. But when he says you will not call somebody, it's like, eh, hey, what? What happened? <laughs> Positive words is what changes. It's just a little tweak. You're saying the same thing, but in a different way. I'm tired of this marriage. You're not making me happy. You know, I love being married to you. But I'll just like if you can be a bit more nice when you're angry. Who will they listen to? Is it the one that said they are tired of the marriage? If you're tired of the marriage, you will cook and say, okay, let me go and be hanging out with the boys. So you must use your words positively. You must, it's, it's an intentional thing. It's not easy. What wants to come out naturally is the other one. Because that's the problem. But you realize that when you keep telling someone what they are not good at, they even lose all the steam. Tell them what you want them to do instead. Make a request. Ask for what you want. I tell wives, ask for what you want. Stop complaining about what you are not getting. You are not taking me out. That's complain. I'd like us to go out together, honey. What do you think about Friday? With a smile. On Friday, we'll be the one that will tell you to dress up. Go and try it. Come and give me feedback. So use the power of your sexuality. Men like sex. Whether it's a deacon, pastor, elder. They like it. But a lot of women, there are a lot of factors, I understand... When you have children, you know, there are hormonal changes that happens. Um, there's stress. But as a woman, I say, don't stress yourself. See, you can get that man to get a house help if he knows that he will be getting regular sex. It's trained by butter. In the early years of our marriage, I remember one time we didn't have sex for about a month or so. And... I don't know. It wasn't even like we fought or anything. It just didn't happen. And then I know one day we talked about it. And my husband said, do you know I don't see you dress up? And it's true. Because on Saturday, I'm in the kitchen from morning till night. I'm smelling iru, egusi, everything. <laughs> and my husband is a man of God. But he has emotions. So he said, I don't see you dress up, babe. Monday to Friday, we go our separate ways. Then I was still in uh, the corporate world. So one day I said, I got defensive as usual. Hey, what do you mean? Is it not our food we are preparing? He said, can we get somebody? Ah, okay. I didn't know. I thought I had to be a good wife to cook and clean everything. <laughs> so that man, the help that he needed from me was for me to be available. So you must recognize the help that is required. And that's why communication is important. One of the questions that you must always ask is, how can I help? 
how do you want me to help? How do you want? It's a simple question, but how can I help financially, mentally, spiritually, sexually? How do you want me to help? So be confident in your sexuality. That's one of the gifts that God has given us in marriage. Sex is not a gift that you give to your husband. People use sex as a tool. Because I'm angry, eh? okay now, maybe you'll come this night. However, it's a gift. It's even one of the ways to soften your hearts towards each other. So make plan for it. Look, look like someone that's... When we were dating, you know that when you were dating, your spouse was chasing you. One of the reasons why he was chasing you is because you looked like a girl. So now you look like mommy Israel. <laughs> so, he <laughs> so he's related with you like mommy Israel. <laughs> so when you get, when you are in the house, bring back that femininity. And I'm not saying it's not hard. I know it takes a lot to take care of children, uh, manage the home. But again, you can ask for help. You can ask for help. Don't be the superwoman. But while you're doing that, bring your femininity, bring your softness. That's what's attractive to a man. A man is not attracted to a man. He's attracted to a woman. And one of the qualities of a woman is her femininity, her softness, the meekness, the quiet spirit. That's what makes you attractive. The way that you speak, the way that you approach him, your attitude in the house. Is it positive? Is it welcoming? Is it warm? Some of you are warmer to your friends, but you are harsh at home. So when you deal like a man, the man is forced to relate with you like a man. But when you are soft, you see what men really want is softness. Is that softness? Rub his head, cry, all those things. They like it because it makes them feel strong. But when you too, you, you are strong, you are, you are frowning and, you know, you're competing head on. You act like you don't need him. When he doesn't feel needed, he's not going to stay. What's, why am I here? Act like you need him. When my husband is traveling, I say, babe, don't go now. <laughs> Before I got here, he has sent me some interesting messages. Because the moment I got into the car, I said, thank you for your support, my lovely husband. So that's what really makes the marriage work. It's not just by praying. We've prayed enough. It's time to start doing. Prayer without works is dead. You know that Proverbs 31 scripture, there is no way the Bible says she prayed. It talked about her feminine attitude and her homemaking abilities. You can be the head of prayer and you have a terrible marriage because it's wisdom that makes a marriage work. Through wisdom, a house is built. 
through understanding it is established. When you are praying, God will give you instructions. Prayer is good, I pray, but God will give you instructions. And some of the instructions that God will give you will require you to deny your flesh. Because one of the things that marriage really does is it makes us better people. So instead of yelling, God will tell you, relax. Go and drink water and come and talk to him later. So your prayer works. However, your prayer works when you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When you listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you want to shout. You want, there are times the Holy Spirit is your helper. That's a given. He's one of my greatest helpers in marriage. There are times I want to do something or say something. And the Holy Spirit will just tell me, don't do it. And sometimes I will struggle. But eventually, it works. He pays. And he also makes you a better person. Because the Holy Spirit teaches you how to subject your flesh. Your flesh wants to shout, wants to scream, wants to abuse, wants to insult. Because it's not getting what he wants. However, the Holy Spirit wants you to be calm, be kind, be gentle, be tolerating, be considerate. That's why the scripture of 1 Corinthians 13 about love, it talks about character, love is kind, and all of those things. So you must remember that submission is not weakness. It is power because it's the language they understand. Submission is not being docile. It's not, oh, you are not saying anything. You are angry. You can't talk. You know, No, that's not submission. Submission is that you are with a positive attitude, recognizing that you are in authority and you're actually submitting to God, not to your husband. So when I submit, at the back of my head is I'm doing this for God. Because if I think about the fact that I'm doing it for my husband, his man, man will fail you sometimes. Sometimes, no matter how amazing you are as a person, because you also are not perfect, you know, as you're, telling, as you're thinking about all those things you want your husband to change, he's also thinking about all the things he wants you to change. So when couples come to me in counseling, when the wife says everything the man is doing wrong, the man too is saying everything the wife is doing wrong. And that's because we are all imperfect. It's just that your area of imperfection is different. So you must give a lot of grace to each other. Give a lot of grace to your husband. Give a lot of grace. As a single person, if you're going to choose, remember that you're choosing the person that you will submit to. So one of the things you must look at is his godly character. Not whether he's tall. If he's tall and he doesn't have a character, if he beats you, it will be more painful. Because he's tall. <laughs> So you must look at the godly character. You don't marry someone because you like them. You marry someone because they are suitable. You don't marry someone because they like you also. They might like you, but they're not good for you. So your marriage can be enjoyable. If you use the power that you have, 
the power that you have is in being a wife, not in being a husband. So the role as a wife is complete in itself. It complements the role of a husband. So build yourself up to the point where you are fit in that role. You're fit in that role. Your words, your character, your behavior, your demeanor, everything is fit in that role. It doesn't mean you always be happy. There are times you're not happy, yes. But you must recognize that you don't always put the source of your joy and your happiness on your spouse. Because your spouse is also human, just like you. It must come from a deeper source. It must come from within. Yes, you can communicate. You can communicate. You can say how you feel. You can say what you need. You can ask for what you need. But remember that the way that you ask is very crucial. So you make requests you talk about what you want, not about what you are not getting. Stop talking about what you are not getting. When you continue to talk about what you are not getting, what you're telling the man is that you are not enough for me. And if he feels like he's not enough, he's going to act like he's not enough. But when he feels like he's enough, he's going to act like he's enough. So one of the things you must also become is you must become the woman that God has called you to be in that marriage. So your first role is, be in, is in being a helper, but you have a purpose, just like Mr. Awashika said. You have a purpose in that marriage. Find your gifts and talents. In that place of finding your gifts and talents is also where your happiness and your fulfillment comes. Your source of happiness cannot just be your spouse. That's not the way God designed it. Because you are a helper. So what do you like to do? What makes you happy? Are you happy by yourself without your husband? Are you a happy person? Can you find your happiness in God, in your giftings, in your talents, in who you are designed to be, in those things that those assignments that God has placed in your hands. He's not supporting your dream. It's your dream. Some of you are angry that your husband is not supporting your, your gifts and talents. Support it first. <laughs> when I started Ruth's marriage, I started by myself. My husband didn't understand it because when he married me, I didn't say I would be a counselor. I was working in a multinational when he married me. I was a career woman. So <laughs> when I said I want to be a marriage counselor, he didn't understand it. And it was okay because it's me that God gave the gift. So you don't force your husband to accept it. First of all, be secure in that person that you are. Then when your security shows, when you look like you are enjoying what you are doing, he would start to be interested in it. When I looked like I was enjoying what I'm doing, he was asking me, okay, what, what's, you know, what's, what's happening? 
Like, what's this about? What's, you know, when you talk to couples, what happens? How did you even know this? <laughs> so your sanity is not in your spouse. It's in God. That's one of the major lessons I want us to take today. Find your strength in God. When you're down, build yourself up. Sometimes when I've talked and I don't seem like I can get through, I just go and pray or I do something that I like. Instead of nagging, nagging makes things worse. Nagging is saying the same thing over and over again. It's saying that you are deaf. Your submission in your marriage should be voluntary. It should not be forced. So your husband should not have to say, you are not submissive. Because it should be voluntary. It should be something you do as a submission to God. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle. Just like he is submitting to Christ. And then I know I can hear you say, well, he's not submitting to Christ. Leave that alone and just do your parts. Just do your parts. One of the challenges I see in my job is people are trying to change each other. Leave your husband alone. Leave him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm speaking on his behalf. Leave him and just do your part. He wants to watch football. Let him go and watch football. Or dress up and go with him. There was a time I would say, oh, my, my husband likes to watch these YouTube videos. That's how he relaxes. Uh, some funny and fights. Men watch fights. I can't understand it. You are watching people fighting. <laughs> and... I would sometimes like complain or, you know, he's watching this too much. But I learned now, I join him. We watch the fights together and he loves it. So it's easy for me to say, let's go for a date because I have accepted him. When you don't accept him, when you don't allow him to do the things you en he enjoys, when you always want to discourage him from the things that he loves to do, he is going to find ways to run away because it's not safe. So acceptance is a very major thing that we must do as wives. And it's something that we struggle with because women, we want to make things good. We want to make things better. The way we take care of the children, we want them to do well in school and all of that. So we want to do the same thing with our husbands, but it's different for, for husbands. Acceptance. What are the biggest challenges you experience? When you're dealing with a husband, with your husband, most of the time is, from my experience, you maybe want him to treat you more affectionately. Um, you want him to be sweeter to you. 
You want him to be more romantic. Those are the needs of a woman. You want him to treat you like a lady and all that sweet stuff. But when you present and project yourself like you are against him, he's not going to feel the motivation to treat you like that. So you want, to be rom you want him to be romantic. Give what you want. The best way to get what you want is to give it. Even the Bible says, give and it will come back to you. Good measure, press down. So if you want him to be affectionate, be affectionate. Be affectionate. Go and meet him, rub his head, hug him. Tickle him. Show affection. Don't just be mommy. Mommy is good for the children. It's not good for daddy. <laughs> or oh, it's not good for husband. So be affectionate. Give what you want. I want you, I want you to start to practice this when you go back today as a wife. All those things that you think you want, start giving it. Bring back that girly, that confident woman, that sexual woman. Yes, sex. I know we don't like to hear that in church. But the world is so corrupt now. There's so much temptation for the men out there. So, give the things you want. You want romance. Organize romance. Stop waiting for what you want. Give it. Just recently, I organized a date night in the house. I got petals, red petals, very cheap. <laughs> I, we have this two-seater where we talk and gist. I put it on one side, put the petals on the floor. I got some candles. Uh, it didn't cost me much. I took a bath, waited for my husband, looked sexy, put on my lamp, put on some music. And then when he got home, he was like, ah. <laughs> and I said, we have a date tonight. I didn't say, you, you don't do date nights. All other men are doing it. So give what you want. Start becoming. Becoming that woman that you want to be treated like. Become the queen. Because it's who you are. It's already inside of you. Become it. One time, the, one time I said I was going to write something about the tricks of the side chick. No, I know side chick is a word for an unfaithful woman who lures a man and all that. And it's all tricks. It's tricks because the side chick uses what the woman has in a way that the woman is not using it. It's devilish. It's the same thing that the devil does. Did God really say? God said it. So he questions what you already have and uses it. What does the side chick do? He makes the man feel like he's everything. Uses the power of sexuality. You can't always be too tired for sex. Sex is a need for a man. If you're too tired, tell him you are tired. Honey, can you wash the dishes so we can have a good time tonight? 
I want to dress up sexy for you. He will go and wash those dishes fast, fast. Yes, he will. <laughs> I'm planning for tonight. <laughs> I just got this lingerie, but I'm too tired. He'll say, don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll attend to the children. Go and take your bath. So the man recognizes that you are a wife. When I speak to a lot of men, they actually recognize that they should treat their women with care. Most men do, at least most men in the Christian circle. They want to treat their women with care. But the challenge sometimes is that the women are struggling with that role with them. They're struggling with the role of being a man. You ask him to do something. He has not done it. You went there to quickly go and do it. Leave it. You've told him. Remind him. Yes, I'm rounding off. <laughs> Thank you. So, finally, I want you to take this home. Become the person that you are. Be secure in who you are, in who God has called you to be. Number one, become your spouse's companion. Submission is power, is not weakness. And use your positive words. In summary, to summarize it. So can we just say a quick prayer before I step down? Thank you. Lord, we thank you for this moment. And we give you honor because you are the Lord over our lives. You are the Lord of our relationships, of our marriage. And Lord, I pray that these words, you will expand it. It will fall on good soil. It will produce fruits. It will grow in the name of Jesus. I pray for every marriage here. I declare the peace of God, the joy of God into your homes in the name of Jesus. I pray that your husband will continue to desire for you in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord will give you wisdom to build your home in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you will receive capacity. You will use that strength, that capacity that you already have to become the woman that God has called you to be in that home in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.